Once again, 1 Samuel chapter 10. No, 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verses 10 and 11. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Verses 10 and 11. And it reads, And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. I have just read 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. May the Lord have a, have a blessing on the hearers and doers of his word. Shall we go to our Heavenly Father in prayer? Our righteous Father in heaven, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it is to our divine presence we come with thanksgiving. Thanking you for another day. Thank you for allowing us to rise out of our beds this morning to gather together here in your name. Father, we pray that you will forgive us of all our shortcomings. Pray that this day we will find strength to live better lives today than we did in the past. Father, we pray that you will watch over us and protect us. Father, we pray that this morning all things we say and do will be done pleasing and acceptable in your eyesight. Father, we thank you for your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who bled and died on the cross, gave us life. We have a right to eternal life. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of your son's precious body, being called out of darkness to walk in that marvelous light. Father, we pray we'll take advantage of it and that we shall walk in the marvelous light, setting the proper example as a Christian ought. Father, this time we pray that you'll help us and bless us to clear our minds of all carnal thoughts as the speaker comes forth with the words of life, that he'll have a ready recollection of the things that he has studied and that he has prepared, and that we'll be able to receive it with all gladness and that we'll retain those words and that we'll add them to our everyday lives. Father, we just pray that you'll be with us and bless us, bless the leadership here at the Church of Christ Inglewood, that they'll work together in the spirit of love and the bond of peace. God, you just pray you'll bless them with the things they stand in need of. We pray that you'll bless us all with the things you see we stand in need of, Father. Father, we pray for all the members of the churches of Christ throughout this world that you'll protect each and every one of us. Protect us and bless us with your heavenly blessings according to your will. Our Father, we pray that you'll protect us from the evil one. Those who are striving to reach your perfect will of God, we pray that you'll protect us, that we will be able to receive your blessings, that nothing shall interfere with the blessings that you have for us, that we shall obtain those blessings. Father, we pray that you will just watch over us at all times as we earnestly strive to reach your perfection, that you will not hold the sins of the world against us, but we will be able to obtain your righteousness and your mercy so that we can set the proper example of what 
your good and perfect will is. Father, we just pray that you protect us and we'll think of those things that are just, the things that are honest, the things that are good reports. Father, we pray that you'll bless us to think like this. We pray also for our sick and shut-in, that you'll bless them to have a speedy recovery. Bless those that are traveling, that are away at this time, that you'll bless them, that they will remain in the Lord, that you'll protect them, that they'll have spiritual blessings while they're out vacationing, and that they shall return here safely without hurt, harm, and danger. Father, that you'll pray for those who have lost loved ones, that you'll be with the family, comfort them, and keep them. Father, we pray that, that when we stand before your great throne, that we will hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And this should be enough. For this is our prayer in Christ Jesus we do pray. Amen. Please turn to page 973 in your faith and praise books. Once again, this is page 973 in your faith and praise books. Everybody will be happy over there. Once again, this is page 973 in your faith and praise books. Follow the us there's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond, where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share, and where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over there, and every everybody will be happy, will be happy. Shout and sing his praise. Everybody will be happy over there. And there the ransom of all ages will be singing round the throne. In that land where no one ever knows a care. And the Christians of all nations will join in the triumph song. Everybody will be happy over there. And every, everybody will be happy, will be happy over. And we will, we will shout and sing his praise. Everybody will be happy over there. We'll meet the one who saved us and who kept us by his grace and who brought us to that land so bright and fair. And we will praise his name forever as we look upon his face. Everybody will be happy over there. And every, everybody will be happy, will be happy over. And we will, we will shout and sing his praise. Everybody will be happy over there. And every, everybody will be happy, will be happy over. And we will, we will shout and sing his praise. Everybody.
Selection of psalm books. Once again, that's page 12. Your second selection of psalm books. Oh, I want to see him. Once again, that's page 12. Your second selection of psalm books. Father, let's. As I journey through this land, I'm singing as I go. I'm pointing souls to Calvary, you know, to the crimson flow. And you know that many arrows pierce my soul from without within. But my Lord, he leads me on, and through him I must win, and we're singing, oh, I want to see him look upon his, on his face, we're there to sing forever of his saving, of his saving, set on the streets of glory, let me lift up my voice, and you know that cares of I'll be home at last and ever to rejoice when in service for my Lord. Dark may be the night, but I cling more close to him. You know he will give me light. And Satan's snares may vex my soul, turn my thoughts aside. But my Lord, he goes ahead and leads whatever beside. And we're singing, oh, I want to see him look upon his on his face, we're there to sing forever of his saving, of his saving. Sit on the streets of glory, let me lift up my voice, and you know that cares of I'll be home at last and ever to rejoice when before me billows rise from the mighty deep. Then my Lord directs my bark, you know me, does safely keep. And he leads me gently on through this world below. Cause he's a real friend to me, and oh, I love him so. And we're singing, oh, I want to see him look upon his on his face, we're there to sing forever of this saving, of his saving set on the streets of glory. Let me lift up my voice and you know that cares up. I'll be home at last and ever to rejoice. 
Please turn to page 613 in your faith and praise books. Once again, it's page 613 in your faith and praise books. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Once again, it's page 613 in your faith and praise books. Time is filled with swift transition. Not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. And you gotta hold to God's unchanging end. Oh, church, you gotta hold to his end, to God's unchanging Oh, church, you got to hold to his hand, to God's unchanging hand. Why don't you build your hopes on things eternal? And you got to hold to God's unchanging hand. Now trust in him who will not leave you. Whatsoever is may bring friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. Oh, church, you got to hold to his hands, to God's unchanging. Oh, church, you got to hold to his hands, to God's unchanging. And why don't you build your hopes on things eternal? And you got to hold to God's unchanging. And now when your journey is completed... If to God you have been true, fair and bright the home in glory, your enraptured soul will view. Oh, church, you got to hold to his hands, to God's unchanging. Oh, church, you got to hold to his hand, to God's unchanging And Why don't you build your hopes on things eternal? And you got to hold to God's unchanging hand. Oh, church, you got to hold to his hand, to God's unchanging Oh, church, you got to hold to his hand, to God's unchanging And Why don't you build your hopes on things eternal? And you got to hold to God's unchanging end. Please turn to page 14 in your sex selection song books. Once again, that is page 14 in your sex selection song books. My God is real. Once again, that's page 14 in your sacred selection psalm books. Paul Ledson. Sorry. <laughs> Paul Ledson. There are some things I may not know, and there are 
awesome places I can go, I cannot go, but I am sure of this one thing, that my God is real, for I believe that he's in my soul, and yes, my God is real, God is, yes, he's real in my soul, he's real in my soul, and my God is real, for he has washed and made me old, and yes, his love for me, his love for it's just like big gold, like big gold, and my God is real, for I believe that he's in my soul. Some folks may doubt, some folks may scorn, and all can go on and leave me alone, leave me alone, but as for me, I'll take a spot, and my God is real, for I believe that he's in my heart, and yes, my God is real, God is, yes, he's real in my soul, he's real in my soul, and my God is real, for he has washed and made me old, and yes, his love for me, his love for it's just like big gold, like big gold, and my God is real, for I believe that he's in my soul, and yes, my God is real, God is real, yes, he's real in my soul, he's real in my soul, and my God is real, for he song uh, to lead into a sermon for this morning, uh, and knowing that we uh, worship a God uh, uh, that is a real God, uh, not an idol, uh, but a God that's able to have sympathy with our infirmities, 
a God that is able to reach out and to extend strength and support uh, in our time of need. A God that's able to comfort us uh, in the midnight hour. Uh, we serve a God who is very, very present, a God that is able. I remember that Paul said something very important about the condition of his soul. Uh, the song said, that God is real because we believe that he's in our soul. And Paul says, I know in whom I have believed. And I know that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul understood that his soul was in the hands of the Lord. And so he was full of confidence that as he traversed this land, this world, and strove to continue to be faithful unto God, that one day the God that he had trusted in, the God that he knew was able, would deliver unto him a crown of life that fadeth not away. And so as we sing that song, my God is real, for I believe he's here in my soul. Just think about Paul. Paul says we serve a God that is able, able to keep our souls uh, in the midst of its darkest hours. Thank God uh, for, our, for our God. I want to call your attention very quickly to... Uh, Genesis chapter 17. I appreciate the brothers who have come before us and have rendered such a wonderful worship service unto us thus far. We return now to our text as we engage another discussion concerning the seeds of the sower. Um, and since it is the case, as we endeavor to do, when there are special occasions, we try and to uh, present uh, a message uh, that is relevant to that special occasion. Uh, but yet in keeping and forever focused on God's word. And so today is a, a special day. Uh, it is a day that uh, I believe is one that uh, should always be recognized uh, and that is, it's Mother's Day. And so we are so appreciative of all those who, uh, mothers out there who have uh, endeavored to uh, be representative of who Christ is uh, in their lives. And so we're just so thankful for all the mothers out there. And, 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 and surely, as we look at the text today, um, I, I think that there is truly an opportunity to present honor to whom honor is due. Um, and, and, and as I make a segue into the sermon, let me just say that uh, every day should be Mother's Day. It should always be an opportunity for us to, to recognize and to honor our mothers. Uh, every day is Father's Day. It should always be a time for us to recognize and to honor our Father. And so we look at these holidays, and I just want to 
encourage you not to look at each day as a one-off, um, but look at it as a new opportunity to start to start something different in your life. Honor your father, honor your mother every day. Paul makes it very clear in the, uh, the Ephesians text that we should honor our father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, for our life may be long upon the earth. This is something that is biblical, and, and it is not associated just with one day. Now, I appreciate the world, at least given one day. But as Christians, we speak where the Bible speaks. It's silent where the Bible is silent. Every day is a day to give honor <laughs> to our parents. Amen. So with that being said, I want to return our attention back to, uh, to Abraham and to Sarah. Um, a mother's faith. Now, I had read in the scripture reading this morning uh, from Samuel the story of, uh, of, of Hannah. And I, and I had that read because I wasn't, I'm not going to speak directly to that text, but I wanted it to be in your minds because there's something special about these two stories. There is a similarity, but there's also grave difference. The similarity is, is that these two women, Sarah uh, and Hannah, were both barren. As you heard in your scripture reading in 1 Samuel chapter 1, um, Hannah went to the Lord, and she went and prayed. And she asked for a blessing. And that blessing is to be able to bear a child. In specific, she asked uh, for the blessing of being able to bear a, a man-child. Now, I want you to see that in this text, in Samuel, this is a request, this is a prayer that Sarah uh, put before God. And as God is who he is, and as God shares with us uh, his compassion, we know that Peter reminds us that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. And so this would indicate to us that Hannah was worthy of what God bestowed upon her. For God did open up Hannah's womb, and he did bless her to be able to bring forth a man-child. And that man-child would become Samuel. Samuel would then be the replacement for Eli. Now, you may recall that we talked about last Lord's Day how um, we need to make sure that the next generation is prepared to take on the seed of God's word and to carry it forward in every generation. We know that Eli did not do such a thing because his sons 
God. Did not carry forth the role of the priests as they should have. They uh, defamed the priesthood. They did things that uh, were not of God's will. And, sa and Eli did not correct their behavior. And so Eli was told by God that he would take the priesthood away from him. And Samuel became the replacement to Eli. Now that's the story of Samuel. But the message that I want to leave in your heart before we leave Samuel is Hannah went to the Lord and asked for the child. In Sarah's case, though the similarity is that she was barren, Sarah didn't go to God and ask for a child. God made a promise. God made a promise. And he made that promise that though Sarah was barren, and not only was she barren, she, uh, she would become of an age that was beyond what would be considered the normal age for a woman to conceive and to bear a child. But God made a promise. Now, in Hannah's case, it didn't appear that she was an old woman. So there's no real indication that she was beyond age to conceive. But in Sarah's case, the Bible makes it clear and explicit that she was beyond age, that, that there was there, <laughs> hope against hope. Amen. She was beyond the age of being able to bear a child, but yet God made a promise. This should help us to understand that when God makes a promise, his promise is not limited to what man can do or what man is capable of. His promise is not limited by man's limitations. God can fulfill his promise. And it doesn't matter what the, the issue of man uh, may be in terms of their ability or lack thereof, when God makes a promise, God is going to fulfill that promise. Now, now I, I say that because as we plant this seed uh, that the sower has given us, that should give everyone in here, uh, especially those who may not have obeyed the gospel, that should give you a, 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 a bit of encouragement to understand that no matter what it is that you uh, are coming out of or that you are dealing with and you're struggling with, know that God has made a promise. And that promise is, is that if you repent of your sins, he'll save your soul. And so you shouldn't, you shouldn't limit yourself by saying, well, you know, I did this, I've done that, and, and, and there's, nobody, there's nothing that, there's no help for me, there's no, let, let me tell you something, God is able. God is able. Uh, and the story of Sarah and the story of Hannah helps us to understand that surely if God can bring life from that which was dead, he can certainly make you alive again. 
Amen. In Ephesians chapter 2 says that we were all dead in our trespasses and sins. See, we, all, we were all spiritually dead now in, our, in trespasses and sin. That's Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, but God quickened us. Amen. Made us alive. Made us alive. Because God doesn't want anybody to perish, but all must come unto repentance. And so God gave a promise. And he's not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, wishing none to perish, but that all should come unto repentance. So when God makes a promise, God has made a promise to the extent where he is willing to bring life from the dead. Let's talk about Sarah this morning, a mother's faith. Now remember, Sarah laughed. Now I had, y'all know I had to come back to that. Because when God told Abraham that Sarah was going to bear a child, you know, Abraham, you know, he, you know, Abraham. Abraham wasn't as, uh, he, he wasn't as, uh, uh, let's say, Concerned about what God could do, as Sarah was. But Sarah overheard the conversation. And the Bible says that Sarah laughed within herself. Because she, when, when God makes a promise, you know, sometimes it sounds so, uh, it sounds so far out there that, that, that people uh, 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 feel like it's just a fantasy. And maybe even humorous, as Sarah did. Now, she didn't laugh outwardly in terms of the physical observation of her laughing, but she laughed within her spirit. She laughed within herself. And she even said, me being old, will I have pleasure? You know, she, she's making, a, she said, my, my body, my physical being is beyond all of that. And, and, and how in the world can that even be something I can even uh, 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 think about or, or contemplate? But when it comes to God, your trust needs to be in the Lord. And I mean all at all times. And, 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 and let me tell you something. I know that it's difficult to get there sometimes because, because you, 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 have to, you have to have the faith that, that Romans talks about when it comes to Sarah and Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. You have to have that faith that, be able, that is able to call forth those things that be not as though they were. In other words, when you can't even see it, you can still believe it because God has said it. And when God has said it, then, 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 then you're, you, you should be able to rise to the point where you're able to accept that though you may not be able to accomplish that in and of yourself, God is able to do what he has promised to get done. And so we find a mother's faith. And I thank God that we see in Sarah a mother's faith. Because Abraham by faith, but it was Sarah through faith. I need to get you there. Because it was Abraham by faith, but it was Sarah through faith. And when times are difficult and issues seem to be insurmountable. Uh, this helps us to understand that 
the, the growing and the maturity of faith, if you will, is a process within each and every one of us as we strive to do that uh, uh, that uh, to do that which God had commanded us to do. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Let me show you something very quickly here about this process with Abraham and Sarah when it comes to uh, this, this conceiving of a child. And look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 8 specifically in the biblical text. And so we find here a, 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 the foundation of a mother's faith. Look at Hebrews 11 and verse 8. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, by faith, by faith, Abraham moved, by faith. Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went, but by faith, by faith. Abraham sojourned in the land of what? A promise. Abraham believed in God's promise. And by faith, Abraham moved to be obedient to God's promise. The Bible says, as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations who built and maker, was God, maker is God. Verse 11 is where we find our, our core text here. But look what he says about Sarah. It does not say by faith. It says through faith. Lord have mercy. Not by faith. See, by faith gives you the understanding that the, 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 the acceptance of the promise was one that was more ready than one that would be through faith. By faith would mean, if you will, in the sense that when the word came to Abraham, Abraham, come out of Ur and go into Canaan land, for I'm going to bless you and make you a father of many nations. Abraham didn't sit back and laugh within himself. Abraham began to pack up. You follow? Abraham packed his bags and got busy to go off and to do what God had asked to be done. And that is the indication of by faith. But through faith gives you the understanding. It wasn't that Sarah was faithless, but Sarah wasn't ready to accept that God was able and willing to create life from the dead. Let me tell you something. A lot of us, a lot of us come to the Lord over time. Some of us come to the Lord in a short time. Because the process of faith is elastic, amen. As we look at how faith works in the lives of each of these, of these individuals and these characters in the Bible, Abraham, in this particular case, being the protagonist along with Sarah, let me say something to you. Sarah, if you will, uh, uh, she had more at stake than Abraham. I want you to, I want you to see this here because this is important, amen. You never know where people are coming from. You never know where people are coming from. But God knows where people are coming from. It wasn't Abraham that was dead. Abraham was having babies with Hagar. Wasn't nothing wrong with him. Amen. But Sarah was coming from a position of my womb. In my age, my womb is dead. 
my age is upon me. Amen. You have people coming from different places when it comes to God's word. Amen. But nevertheless, I want you to see here the power of a mother's faith. Because see, even though you may be coming from a different place, you still must make that journey. You got to get to the point where you trust God. You got to get to the point where you believe him. No matter where you start. No matter where you start, you got to get to the point where you trust God and you believe him. Now understand, everybody, we all should understand, and God surely understands, that, 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 that the evolution of faith through faith is a reality. And that's why when we share God's word with others, we understand that people may be in a mindset that is so restricting that it's hard for them to respond initially and quickly to God's word. Because Sarah didn't. The Bible says she laughed within herself. And she looked at all the constraints that her physical life presented before she can get to the point where she trusted God to do what God said he was going to do. So Hebrews 11, 11 says, through faith also, Sarah, herself, wait a minute, receive strength. Amen. To conceive seed. Lord have mercy. Now here we're talking about the physical seed to bear for to bear a child. But don't miss the spiritual application. In Matthew chapter 13, when we talked about the seeds of the sower and the and the and the and the and the, and the soil upon which the seed must be uh, must be placed and, and the condition of that soil and how the condition of that soil will determine, if you will, the efficacy of the seed when it is placed in contact with it. It will be, if you will, that soil that will make all the difference. And, and, and we went through the parable of the seed and, and how sometimes the seed will be choked, the earth would scorch it, and, and then at some point that seed, if it falls on good ground, it will be able to be nurtured to the point where it can bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. Well, here we find a situation where Sarah's faith, if you will, uh, uh, had to receive strength. And let me tell you something, and, and, and I, want you, I want you to watch this here, because look, the more Sarah heard that God had made a promise and that God was going to fulfill his promise, the more Sarah became confident that God was going to deliver on his promise. Because even after she gave a Hagar to Abraham, God didn't move. God said, I'm going to wait. Until I'm ready to fulfill my promise. Now, surely Sarah became impatient. And so Sarah thought she was going to help the Lord out. But let me tell you something. God did not move. But yet God still made a promise. And that promise still had to be fulfilled. Even after God gave uh, Hagar Ishmael, God didn't move. 
It wasn't until he was ready. It wasn't until he was ready. Let me tell you something. When the seed of God's word comes upon you, that, 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 that word, uh, depending on who you are, it may need more time to, to, to be nurtured, to germinate. So that you can get to the point where you, when you obey God's word, it is truly from a position of faith, of belief, and, and if you will, and commitment and trust in God's word. Through faith, the Bible says, after considering all the weaknesses and shortcomings of her flesh, Sarah did receive strength to conceive seed. And was delivered of a child when she was past age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She got to the point she needed to get to. Amen. Where, where, look, I, I, I would, this, is, this, is, this is so encouraging because let me tell you something. When we are seeking those blessings of the Lord, we have to be able to step outside ourselves. I won't read this again because, I, because it, 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 it benefits us to, to really focus on, this, on, on what is said here. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. You got to get to the point where wherever you see your limitations and your weaknesses and, and, and wherever your shortcomings are and whatever you think that you can't do, you got to get to the point where you know that God can do to get to the point where you know God can do. So you say, look, I, you know, I, I've reached my limit, but Lord, you able. Lord, have mercy. Lord, you able. Lord, you able. And if it is your will, I know you're going to fulfill your promise. Let me tell you something, mothers, with the challenges that you deal with on a day-to-day basis, let me tell you something. Through faith is a powerful sermon for you. Because I know that many of you have dealt with many issues of life and challenges of life with your children, with other things of life, and, 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 and it, it is a struggle on a day-to-day basis. But I want you to understand that you got to be like Sarah. You've got to get to the point where even... Even though you don't think that you you able to carry on and you can't do the things that you 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 would like to do and and things don't seem to be turning out the way that you would like them to turn out, let me tell you something. You need to get to the point where you put it in God's hands and let Him handle it. That'll help you sleep at night. That'll help you go to sleep at night because you can. Let me tell you something. When you've done all that you can do, you've got to get to the point where you just let God do what He can do. And Sarah said he, she judged, the Bible says rather, Sarah judged him faithful. Judged him faithful. Because she believed in his promise, right? 
Verse number 12, therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in the multitude and in as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. There is a blessing in having faith in the Lord, especially a mother's faith. Because a mother's faith, in this particular case, we find a mother's faith that says, I believe that God could raise the living from the dead. I mean, you're talking about faith. God could raise the living from the dead. And I remember when Jesus, if you will, remember it was, it was Mary and Martha and, and Lazarus and, 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 and Lazarus had died and, and they had sent to Jesus to a note to let him know that Lazarus had died and they told him to come quickly because Lazarus was sick at the time because he was sick unto death and, and Jesus didn't move. Jesus didn't move. Jesus didn't move. But they said, Lazarus is dying. He's dying. Jesus didn't move. Jesus did what he was supposed to do. But then on his journey toward, if you will, to the place where Lazarus was, what do we find? Jesus is thinking and contemplating and praying and talking about some things with the Lord. He gets to the sisters and he says, they said, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And Jesus said, look, you got to understand something. I am the resurrection. And the life. Though a man may be dead, yet shall he live. We have to get to the point where we have that kind of faith. It doesn't matter how gloomy something looks. It doesn't matter how, if you will, how, how insurmountable something may appear. When God is in the plan, it's always going to be all right. It's always going to be all right. Sarah's faith helps us to understand the significance of who she is. Because remember, she becomes the, she becomes the, 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 the mother of the multitude. Now surely, we, want, we don't want to in any way discount the fact that Eve was the mother of all living. But Sarah became the mother of the multitude. Amen. Because remember, after the, or, or, or during the flood, and after the flood, what we find is only eight souls came out of that ark. That was Eve's legacy. Eight souls. That was it. The eight souls that came out of that ark. But then Sarah becomes the mother of the multitude. Her very name means princess of the multitude. Sarah begins to show how the, the, the faith of, uh, of, uh, of the mother, the faith of the woman, if you will, is, is manifested in God's plan and it is, it is the source of greatness. Amen. It was not, we talked a lot about Abraham, but what about Sarah? Abraham didn't do that by himself. Sarah was there with him. Sarah had to roll with the punches like he did. 
And she was there with him. And I truly, be, I, I truly believe, if you will, it's always a blessing to have a good woman behind a good man. She became an example to all women. She became an example to all women, and, 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 I, and, and when we, 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 we sometimes try to, to shun, if you will, uh, 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 Sarah, when we ought to be embracing her. Amen. You know, we, we, we in many ways, we've had uh, uh, those who, uh, you know, they say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a daughter of Eve, you know, because they don't want to say they're a daughter of Sarah. Amen when you can they want to go back to Eve because, uh, you know, I don't know why they want to go back to, well, Eve is the mother of all living. But Sarah was the one who was the mother of faith. Because we know what Eve did. Amen. Sarah was the one who was, is, in fact, identified as the mother of of faith, and, and so when you see that Sarah is identified as the mother of faith, then 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 you can see that Sarah truly, if you will, becomes the the example uh, to all women. For Sarah, if you will, was not, if you will, ashamed of even calling Abraham Lord, recognizing the headship of her husband, deservingly. Abraham led his family accordingly. But this is what God said about Sarah, the, the, the mother of all living, and how through her faith, a mother is shown uh, to be a source of greatness. She honored her husband. She took, she, 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 when, when God gave her Isaac, uh, amen, she raised Isaac accordingly. Sarah did many things that showed forth her faith. Through faith, she developed these, if you will, this relationship that, that, that God desired of her. And, and, and to the extent that when, when, she, when, she, when she passed, let me tell you, when, when Sarah passed, Abraham looked for a sepulchre, a place of burial, and he mourned her loss. Mourned her passing. Because of how much he loved her. In 1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3. God talks about. Wives and mothers. And their relationship to their husbands. And their relationship to others. And this is why we know. That mothers are a source of greatness. Because God wanted them to be an example to the world. He wanted them to be an example to their world, a representation of their household and a household that they shaped and molded. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 1, it says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Look at the greatness of a, wife, of a mother, of a wife. Of a woman. Look at her. He says that that even when a husband is a knuckle, I mean not a knucklehead, but one who has not obeyed the word. 
even when a husband is not one who has obeyed the word, he's saying that a mother, a wife, a woman is so powerful that through her conversation, that conversation is not limited to the verbal, uh, if you will, articulation of her words, but it's talking also about her behavior. Through her conversation, she's able to influence that man. That's power. That's power. Amen. That's power. I'm going to drop something off here. And don't miss this. Because that's power. The devil did not go to Adam. He went to Eve. And it was Eve that influenced Adam. Lord have mercy. I've dropped that off. I ain't going to stay there but put a pin in it. He didn't go to Adam directly. He went to his wife because of the power and the influence he knows that women have. Lord have mercy. I'm just giving you the word. The Bible says she's able to win over that husband who is even without the word through her conversation, through her behavior. While they, verse number two, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, honoring, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, 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 a power that is wielded in a wicked, uh, uh, if you will, uh, way. It is, a, it is a, a, a power and influence that is wielded in a spiritual righteous way. Coupled with fear. Fear of God. Reverence of our husband. Verse number three. First Peter 3, 3. Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of planting uh, uh, the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of, uh, of apparel. Let me, let me just drop this off here because the, 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 the misteachings on this passage could take me all night. This doesn't say that you can't plant your hair. It doesn't say you can't wear gold. It doesn't say that you can't wear apparel. That's not what this text is saying, right? He's saying this should not be the way to influence. That's not, that's not, the, that's not the source of the influence. Amen. The source of the influence, he says, is, is something that's hidden. He says, verse number four, but let it be. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. That's the spiritual side of the woman. When the spiritual side of the woman is righteous, when the spiritual side of the woman is holy, when the spiritual side of the woman is godly, that woman has power to influence the world. She is a source of greatness. And that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And when God says a great, a great price, you can't pay for that. Ooh, you find a good woman, you can't pay for that. You just thank God. You can't let me, oh, Lord, see, y'all missed it. See, the brothers don't want to say amen, but you better say amen. You find a good woman, you can't pay for that. When God calls it a great price, that means you can't afford it. All you do is say, thank you, Lord. Oh, I did, just see, I'm trying to help y'all, brothers. Y'all don't want to hear it. Verse number five. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women. Look what he says, the holy women. The holy women, the righteous women, the godly women. 
They who trusted in God. When you got a woman who trusts in the Lord and willing to do right, amen. Thank you, Lord. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and receiveth favor from the Lord. Woo, that's what the Proverbs say. I'm telling you, it, you can't afford it. You might as well just thank the Lord. <laughs> Who trusted in the God and, and look, and adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. They didn't have a problem when they had a good man. That's why I say behind every good man is a good woman. Amen. If he's a good man, it's, it's a blessing to have a good woman behind him. And then let me go on. And, and so he says, look, verse number six. Even as Sarah, and I like that he brought in Sarah because he's, he's saying, look, he said, y'all think I'm just talking about some abstract woman. No, I'm talking about Sarah. I'm talking about Sarah. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and he says, look, whose daughters ye are. I'm a daughter of Eve. No, you ain't. And you don't want to be. What you want to be is a daughter of Sarah. Because Sarah's a mother of faith. Are y'all with me this morning? Sarah is a daughter. You are a daughter of Sarah because Sarah is a daughter of faith. Through faith. Through faith. She began to trust in God, believe in God, hold on to God. It was through faith because of where she started from. She had to, let me tell you something. When somebody says, I can raise the, I can, I can raise the living from the dead. You, hey, you, it <laughs> takes a minute for you to get your head around that. You can raise the dead, Right? God says, God says, look, whose daughters ye are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. With any amazement. Let me tell you something. The, 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 the blessing of this text is so powerful because we know that God has placed the burden of protecting that family on the shoulders of the man. That is a fact. God placed that burden, even from Adam, God placed that burden on him, and he's been, he's been holding that burden ever since. That is the man's responsibility. But let me show you something in this text. It is the influence of that mother that strengthens that family. She is not without significance in the relationship that God has put put together between the, uh, the husband and the wife and the mother and the father and the children. She is not without significance. She plays a significant role in the sustainability of that home. Don't be afraid within your amazement to just trust in the Lord and to do his will. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. I know today Mother's Day and y'all got, y'all got lunch plans. You know, COVID is lifted and y'all going to be dining out today. Well, let's give God his time. 
in Proverbs chapter 1. Look what, look what Solomon says. And we know who Solomon is. Solomon, obviously, you know, the son of David. Solomon, Solomon is, is, is uh, um, uh, given a gift by God to be the wisest man that had ever walked upon the face of the earth, save Jesus himself. This is who Solomon is. And the text says in Proverbs chapter 1, I don't have time to read through all of this, so I'll drop you down to the, to the primary text. I want you to drop down to verse number 7, and I'm going to read down from there in Proverbs 1 and 7. Look, look, look what Solomon says. This is wisdom. This is wisdom, and I wish I had time to deal with the aspects of wisdom, but I don't. But, here, but the, in, in Proverbs 1 and 7, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, listen to that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Peter told us that Sarah and told the, uh, our, our sisters, our mothers, uh, our women, said, look, don't be afraid with any amazement, you know, but be in subjection with fear. Fear of who? Fear of God. Knowing the knowledge that you have of God. Look what he says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In verse number 8, my son, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Did you hear that? Now the father will give instructions to guide and to direct and to inform and to counsel. But look what the difference is. What the fathers say is good counsel. It's good information. It gives good guidance. It gives good direction. That's what the fathers do. That's what the fathers put forward. But then he says, but forsake not the law of thy mother. When you saying something is law, you putting something that is engraved. Lord have mercy. That is sustainable over time. That endures through issues of life. When mom has instilled into you that law of righteousness and it's come from your mama. Let me tell you something, and y'all know this is true. Sometimes we won't even show up to daddy's funeral, but if mama dies, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. You wouldn't even dare to think about skipping dad's funeral. <laughs> but mama, shh. You get to mama's funeral if you got to walk cross country. What, ain't no plane? <laughs> ain't no train? Ain't no car, no gas? Let me see, how long would it take me to walk 2,000 miles? Because it's mama. And that mama's faith, let me tell you something, that mama's faith stayed up at night with you. That mama's faith cried with you. That mama's faith held you when you knocked your head up against the wall. Even when you were wrong, mama still held you and told you that you were wrong. And said she loved you anyhow. 
Let me tell you something. The law of your mom, your mother, the law that you forsake not the law of your mother is something that is instilled and it is everlasting. But then the proverb writer says, you do need both of them. But understand the implications of each one of them. Verse number nine in Proverbs one and nine, he says, for they shall be an ornament of grace for they, they both. The guidance of the father, the law of the mother, they both, both of them, shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent not. And he, he goes on to how these things should direct you and guide you and lead you and give you the, the, uh, the capacity to critically reason through the choices that you are making. But notice something. Both of these, uh, th this reasoning comes from the, the counsel and the direction of the father. And, and, it, is, and, and, and it, is, it, it is grounded in the law of, of thy mother. And this is the greatness and the strength that a mother brings forward. She is the bearer of faithfulness to the Lord. And, and, and you know, as sad as it is, it, it's a sad commentary, but there, even in the general religious world, there are more women who are giving themselves over to the Lord than there are men. Amen. You would pray that it was the other way around, or at least there was, the, there was an equality between the two. But yet you see, even in the Bible, when Jesus rose from the grave after being buried and was resurrected on the third day, who was in the grave, y'all? It was the sisters. Where were the men? Fishing. Amen. So it's, 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 it's the faithfulness of the mothers. That shows that they should be honored. And they deserve to be honored. Give honor to whom honor is due. They deserve to be honored. They deserve to be recognized because of the challenges that they have gone through. And let me tell you something. No one grieves like a mother. No one grieves like a mother. When our child is taken away and precedes the passing of a mother, let me tell you something. Through personal experience, when a mother's child passes away, her grief is almost impossible to console. You can, you can talk, you can say words of encouragement, but when a child precedes that mother in death, even as a preacher, you talk to that mother and you try to encourage her. But let me tell you something, truly a part of her has died. And that's why when you when you when you when you consider a mother's faith and, and and how their trust in God is so important and it's so significant, it cannot be uh, it cannot be uh, uh, underemphasized the importance of us 
uh, honoring our mothers and our and our uh, uh, as we as we as we proceed in our own personal lives, we always need to reflect on those who have, who have sacrificed much and have given much uh, for us to be where we are today. And that's why this Mother's Day is a day to be recognized. Let me show you one more, a couple more things, and then we'll be done here. Look at, I want you to turn over to Ephesians. And I want you to see something. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, I, I quoted it earlier, but I want to give you the text now because it's, we're talking about faithfulness, and we're, we're just about where I want us to be, and, and we'll be done. Um, look what... Look what it says in Ephesians 6 and verse number 1. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then it says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Honor both the father and the mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it might be well with thee, and thou mayest live long upon the earth. He says, fathers... Provoke not thy children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition uh, of the Lord. This is what Paul writes to the children of Ephesus, to the, to the, to the church at Ephesus. He writes this to them, and he talks about the, the necessity in the old law that speaks about honoring the father and the mother and making sure that, that the, the, the father brings up the children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Let me show you another one of Paul's writings as he speaks to the women, to our mothers. Uh, go over to Titus and go to Titus chapter, uh, uh, chapter 2. And Paul, <coughs> Titus says, <clears throat> if you will, to the, uh, the epistle that Paul uh, gave to Titus, says something to uh, the mothers uh, and, and the, the significance of the role that they play in the bringing up of, of the family uh, and even influencing other women. Look what it says in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 1, and, and I'll just read through here quickly. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, faithfulness. Sound doctrine is about faithfulness. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women. The aged women. And wouldn't it be a blessing when the age, when you, when you, when you become of an age, uh, of being a woman, uh, the experiences of your life have been as such that you can you can share that experience with the next generation that comes behind you to help them be better. Amen. Better than you were, better than we were, right? To help them be better. The aged women likewise. The aged women likewise. Likewise is a connection here. The age, the aged women likewise. What do you mean by likewise? Likewise, what I just said about the aged men. Let them be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, charity, and impatient. Likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh, as becometh rather, holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women, Lord have mercy. That they may teach the young women to be sober, 
to love their husbands, to love their children. Wait a minute. You can't teach that what you don't know. You can't lead where you haven't been. And so when this mother, when this mother has, 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 has gone through some things, have born kings and queens, amen, as we have said before, Abraham and, 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 and Sarah, they were the, the mother and father of, of multitudes, and of those multitudes, they were bearing kings and queens. That's who Abraham and Sarah represented as a mother of strength, amen. It wasn't her beauty that was her, her strength. It was the internal part of her that was her strength. It was that everlasting spiritual character. It was that selflessness of love, if you will, that made her strong. As, as, as Peter says, and as, as we read, uh, 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 in, if you will, in the uh, in the other epistles, that, that, that it, is, it is that inward person that makes all the difference. It's that spiritual side, that holy woman, that righteous woman, that godly woman. Those are the things that are everlasting. Beauty only lasts for a season, but the Spirit of God lasts forever. Lasts forever. You know, people say beauty is only skin deep. You know, I left off the other part because, you know, <laughs> but it said beauty is only skin deep. But what God wants to be the focus, the beauty of your hair is wonderful. The beauty of your gold on your ears and arms and necks are wonderful. The apparel that you wear is wonderful, but those things are not where your strength lies. Your strength lies in who you are spiritually. It's a godly woman. It's a holy woman. And if we had more mothers, Lord have mercy. We had more mothers that can receive that blessing. We could change the world. We could change the world. Let me close here. I'll give you all this because because I I, I I just preached it anyway. Um, I, I wish I had time to deal with this, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna give you all these right now, and, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done. Because the last part of this is about faith, right? That's what all this is about. It's about a mother's faith, and and when you look at the the idea of a mother's faith, a mother's faith begins with where her foundation is, and her foundation is 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 God. It's Christ, right? In 1 Corinthians 3 and 11, there, there is no other foundation that can be laid than that which is already laid, and that is Christ Jesus. When, when, a, when a woman has committed herself to God, she is building up her house on a strong foundation. Not only her individual house, amen, but the house that she may become a part of in the future. Because let me tell you something, when a man has a godly woman at his back, he can accomplish many things accomplish many things accomplish many things that agape love unconditional love because we mess up all the time but mama's always there right love us anyhow amen they'll tell you when you're wrong they tell you my mama told me i was wrong all the time every time i call my mom she said what you done did wrong mama ain't done nothing wrong anthony every day you live you do something wrong but she was always there she was there. 
and that agape love, that unconditional love is, is, is so powerful that that love covers a multitude of sins. The idea of one day being blessed to make it into heaven's glory, being immortal, right? We shall not all live, but we shall die. And we shall be changed in the moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, in with this, this flesh will have to put off, we will have to put off this flesh, and it will, the, our spirits would have to put on that immortality, if you will, that then will be part of heaven's glory forever. And when a mother understands that and has conceived that and has received that, then let me tell you something, she's just building up her arsenal of spiritual power to fend off the devil. Because she knows in whom she has believed. And she knows that he's able to keep that which she has committed unto him against that day of judgment. She's given her life to the Lord. You know? And let me tell you something. I'll drop this off too. Even when the knucklehead husband goes astray, that mother who's in the Lord, she's going to stay with God. That's who she is. As we read in Titus 2 and 3, she's a teacher. Because she's learned a lot of things. And I would dare say that being a teacher, this is a, the, the, the implication in Titus. Uh, you can easily infer that this te- the, the idea of being a teacher here is one who not only teaches from uh, uh, knowledge of that she has gained herself, but she's teaching from experience. She has the battle scars to show for. She's a teacher. And then lastly, the holiness, as we had talked about, and I'm going to end in in, in 1 Timothy 2, uh, verse number 15. Uh, We already read Titus, but in 1 Timothy 2 and and, and 15, uh, the mothers. Has the awesome responsibility of taking care of that house, taking care of those children. And it's a blessing. Blessed is the man that has children. Blessed when his quiver is full, for they will stand at the gate. Now that's the song. But do you understand what it means? Blessed is the man that has children, and blessed when his quiver. A quiver is a satchel that holds arrows. Back then, that was part of armory. And when you have a quiver full of arrows, they shall stand at the gate. Lord have mercy. Now, I want you to see this here because I'm ending. When that husband, that wife, that mother, that father have come together and have born children, those children come together, and now you have that household. Let me tell you something. When you have that household that are all grounded in the Lord and are, and are focused on serving God, uh, let, let, me, let me tell you something. The devil got a problem on his hand. Blessed is the man that has his quiver full. Because, see, those arrows are meant to defend the home. 
And when you have children and you have that mother and you have that father working together to defend that home against who? Against the devil. Against the devil. Against the devil. The mother, as 1, Peter 2, 15, uh, 1 Timothy 2.15 helps us to understand, notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. So we look at this woman and we say to ourselves, this woman is one who has grounded herself in the Lord. And guess what? She's trained her arrows to fly straight. You don't need arrows that fly crooked. You need them to fly straight. And blessed is the man that has a good woman, for he receiveth favor from the Lord. And when they have children, and they are blessed with those children, blessed here is the quiver full, because that woman has, that mother has an opportunity to nurture them and to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And when the husband and the wife passes, those children move on. They become the next generation. They become the next generation because she has set that foundation in place. She has shown her faithfulness. She's shown her holiness. She's shown her strength. She's shown her greatness. She has shown these things. And by her showing these things, God continues to bless. God continues to bless. And so when you saw Sarah and Sarai, from Sarai to Sarah, when you see her being the example that God puts in the Bible. That's why we uh, identified our sisters. When our sisters come together, we call them the daughters of Sarah. That's why. That's why. Because it's biblical. It's a biblical blessing to be associated with Sarah. Because he said, whose daughters you are. God bless you. May God keep you. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God wants you to be saved. He doesn't want you to be lost. So you got to repent of your sins. Luke 13, 3 and 5 says, tell your neck, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants you to be saved. But you got to come to him to be saved. you got to be willing to come to him and, 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 and repent and acknowledge that you have fallen short. And it is not something, if you will, uh, uh, to, to, to be ashamed of because Romans 3 and 23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you're just coming to release that and let God bless you. Let him add you to the church as you confess him to be the son of God. The Bible says in, in, uh, in Romans 10 and 9, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Going down in the watery grave of baptism, we have the remission of sin. And when we arise up out of that watery grave of baptism, God adds us to the church. He adds us to his body. He adds us to the promise. And that promise is one day when Jesus comes back, he's going to receive a glorious church unto himself, not having spot, wrinkle, or blemish, or any such thing. This is your time to come. This is your time to come. Give your life to the Lord before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Why don't you come right now as we stand and sing the invitational song? Why don't you come? I am no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight.
so glad and free. Hey, so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. And I am resolved to go to the Savior, leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one. He is the just one. He hath the words of life. You know that I will hasten to him. Hasten so glad and free. Hasten so glad and free. In Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. You know that I will hasten to him. Hasten so glad and free. In Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Let's just say amen again. Amen. I want to thank Brother Culpepper again for a fine sermon this morning. God bless all mothers. Um, from his labors, I have a few cards. First, I have a card from Sister Meeks. She has a statement written on her back. Uh, Brothers and sisters in Christ, please keep my sister Sharon Williams in your prayers as she is in Martin Luther King Hospital. That's Sister Meeks. Uh, desiring prayer from our members is uh, Sister Cassandra Tansler. She's desiring prayer. Sister Summer Stapleton. She's desiring prayer. Let, let me have patience with myself. And uh, lastly, uh, Sister Erica Chandler, she's desiring prayer. That's all the cards I have before me. Uh, at this time, I would ask that you would bow with me as we approach our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is in your presence we come. We bow our heads in grateful hearts. Thanking you, Father, for loving us more than we love ourselves. Thanking you, Father, for blessing us with the beautiful moms you have given us. Thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy. And also, Father, we just pray and ask that you would be with the family member of Sister Meeks uh, that's in the hospital. We pray, Father, that you will help her to re uh, be restored fully. We pray, Father, for the, all those members who have come forward with their cards. Uh, Father, you know what their prayers and desires are. We just ask that you would grant their uh, wishes. We just pray, Father, that you will continue to uh, bless our mothers and help them especially those who are um, dealing with illnesses and things of that nature. But, Father, we just are so thankful and ask that you continue to uh, bless and help the nurses and doctors who are still fighting and bless those who are still uh, fighting for their lives. And we just ask that you would continue to uh, help those who are in, in great need. You know who they all are. So, Father, we just praying for everyone this morning. We're just asking that you continue to shower us all, all with your love. Thank you for uh, blessing us uh, to, to be here today, and thank you for um, blessing your, 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 your servant, our minister, Brother Copeck, for his wonderful sermon. And just pray, Father, that you would just be with each and every person who needs help. These prayers and all prayers, Father, we do ask in the name of your darling Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Please turn to page 332 in your faith and praise books. Once again, that is page 332 in your faith and praise books. At this time, we'll start the theme. 
King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget